Welcome everybody to Black Coffee and Theology. Welcome everyone. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on this journey. Your support, your engagement in the various ways that you have chosen to engage means the world to me. I have had some amazing guests on the pod, right? <laughs> so on today's episode, I have the wonderful, the delightful Marielle. Her presence is so vibrant. And we talk on this episode about enjoying God. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So later in the pod, you will hear something from the amazing, the prolific Maya Angelou. So sit back and relax and tune in to what we have in store for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. And I have the wonderful Marielle. Hey. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hi. And, and you are a Renaissance woman. You are out here. <laughs> you, I mean, you are a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, you, a singer. And with a, you have two podcasts now. I do. <laughs> WTF podcast. Yeah. Um, and she will not fall, which is the recent launch. You are, I mean, you are, are a jack of all trades. You doing all the things. I know, multi talented. <laughs> and what I want to say is, I met you through the Twitter streets, and um, I think the first time I interacted with you was <clears throat> you were in one of those Follow Fridays that sometimes those can be a blessing and sometimes those can be chaotic. Um, That's why I read the bios. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> sometimes it's a list of 50 names and it can be chaotic. But I, I was struck by your bio and I said, let me see what she's she talking about. <laughs> and uh, I immediately was struck by the rawness and the honesty of your tweets. And I said, okay, I, I really actually do actually factually need to follow <laughs> this person. <laughs> um, because I, I just have enjoyed from that time forward, your rawness, your honesty, and then seeing all of the talents, all the giftings, but that didn't initially attract me to your social media presence. But Yes, the singing. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, and amen. But, uh, but yes, you are multi-talented and uh, welcome to the pod. I'm, listen, I am so excited to be here and I'm really grateful that you invited me into this sacred space because I feel like this space is sacred. And so I don't take it lightly when people invite me into a sacred context to just talk and have conversations. Um, and so it is an honor to be here. I know it seems like I do a lot of things, but I don't feel like I do like too, too much. 
<laughs> okay, maybe a little bit. Okay, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay just a little bit but yeah I don't know I feel like it's just I I want to just do whatever I feel led to do um and if anything that life has taught us in the especially in the midst of COVID is that life is short and if there's something in you that you feel like you want to do do it so Mm. even if that means you got a lot of things on your plate and also if there's something that you are looking for in the world and it does not have that create that thing because possibly there's somebody else looking for that and if you feel that burden do it so that's why a lot of the things that i'm doing i'm like eh, i don't really see this in the world maybe i should create it because i'm sure there are other people that want to hear these type of conversations too right <laughs> and so just putting it out there so it's a blessing it's i a love blessing. that i love that okay and so with that <clears throat> let me ask you as we start our conversation Give us a bit about who you are, what things are important to you, and how you show up in the world. That's kind of how I start off every conversation with a guest. Yes. So um, I am born and raised in the ATL. I still live in Atlanta. I'm a Southern girl through and through. So I love sweet tea. Yes. And I want to go on the record. Sweet tea and see are not the same things. Praise the Lord. Um, (laughs) So I just just going to clear that up and sugar does not go on grits. I also want to communicate that to you all as well. Um, and so i <laughs> um, born and raised here. I'm literally fourth generation. I come from a family of just amazing folks. Um, grew up in a Christian home. <clears throat> Both my parents are ministers. Um, you know, so I was literally a church kid for the most part. Um, in the past few years, though, really been re-examining theology a little bit and coming into how I see faith and how I see God and all of that. And so if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of have seen my musings around that and me unpacking certain things regarding that. Um, Robert kind of, you kind of walked through a lot of the things that I'm working on. And so podcasting and singing, I'm a worship leader. So I'm doing all these things, but I would like to say who I am is a consistent pursuer of authenticity. That wherever I show up in the world, wherever space I'm in, I'm bringing my whole self. Um, That has been a lot of unlearning to get to this space and this place. And so for me, that is literally who I am, that I feel the freedom to be my whole self. Um, and if that makes people uncomfortable, it just does. I'm not making adjustments in that. Um, you know, and I'm grateful because I've always had a family that I feel like, especially my mom, who really encourages me to be myself. And <clears throat> when she would see me dimming my light a lot, a lot, a lot. And she's like, no, you don't need to do that. Like if people can't, accept you you shouldn't have to dim yourself so other people feel better about themselves and so just been trying to really absorb that (laughs) and understand that and since i've been doing that life has been amazing (laughs) like literally like doors have opened opportunities have come and i just feel such a freedom in that that i want other people free when you free you want other people free period so no matter what i do i really want people to operate in a space of freedom and that they can feel that. So whether that's me singing, whether that's me podcasting, whether that's me writing something, whatever it is, 
that's my desire and that's what I want. So I hope that that is conveyed in how I show up in the world, no matter what space I'm in, is that, yes, I'm coming as myself, but I want to empower you to be yourself too. <laughs> Let's be free. <laughs> Let's be free together. I love that. I love. Let's be free together. Okay. <laughs> All right. And um, that that is perfect with our topic today. But really quick before that topic, I just want to nail down really quickly the two podcasts that you have launched. Can you give us a bit about what was in your heart and why you launched those two pods? I just want to give that as a blessing for the people <laughs> before Absolutely. we talk about this topic, right? So with the facts, WTF. So I know why we say WTF at first. So all the same people who are listening to this be like, no, I'm saved too. It's just, it's called with the facts. It's just <laughs> an acronym. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Not what it stands for, but you thought it stood for. Um, so with the facts really is centered around addressing topics that are more so issues that are affecting folks on the margins. <clears throat> and I really wanted those type of conversations and especially centering people of color. Um, so I highlight a lot of black and brown voices in that space. I'm working on some, working on new seasons. So trying to craft that out and what that looks like, but literally that's what that space is for. Um, a lot of times black and brown folks, our voices are muted or ignored or not paid attention to. And so I didn't want that for this space. I really wanted to highlight expertise and people who are brilliant and gifted who, you know, and share that platform there. For She Will Not Fall, um, I think I had, it started from a Twitter rant <laughs> that I went on, really talking to the women who um, left their gifts behind when they left the church. And I really started talking about how we, instead of lending our gifts to church spaces, we gave church spaces ownership over our gifts. So when we walked away from those spaces, we left who we were there. We left what God called us to do there, right? And I really wanted to kind of encourage women, mm -mm, if God called you to a thing, God called you to a thing, period. I don't care. In, in church, out of church, it doesn't matter if you can still do that thing and you don't need an institution to validate what God calls you to do, period. I always say, if, if you aren't the one that gave me the assignment, you are not the one that can tell me if I can complete the assignment or not. End of discussion on that. Selah. Um, <laughs> so, oh God, on today we preach it. This might be a different this, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so that's literally where she will not fall came from was I wanted to highlight women who were doing things and daring to reimagine, redefine their faith, their gifts, their call, and how they were presenting that to the world. So this first season, they're women who are doing things in traditional faith spaces and non-traditional, right? And so really being able to highlight that, because I feel like sometimes as women, like I said, we give ownership of our gifts away. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you need to keep that. You can lend your gift, but don't give somebody ownership of it. So that's literally where that came from. I love it. I, li I've li I listen to both uh, and I love it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> truly, thank you for that. Uh, so I'll have links to those in the show notes. Uh, 
get into it um, and, no. support, and support the Patreon um, and get into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for the conversation today, we're going to talk about enjoying God and the God who can be enjoyed and should be enjoyed. Um, and so, so when thinking about this topic and when crafting this topic, I have been thinking about the fact that we are God's handiwork and we, as God's creation, were created out of the overflow of God's love. And that many people and many theologians both in the past and recent history, many pastors, uh, preachers, teachers have presented uh, a notion of God that has frankly been boring, legalistic, uh, detached, right? <laughs> um, whether it's from the pulpit, whether that's out in the mission field, whether that's in books. And this notion of God has been so <laughs> boring and uh unapproachable that in the pandemic that notion of God has been exposed even further right as many have walked away from that notion of God many have found themselves on the outside of churches um, as they have felt used in their giftings felt used by God and when I thought of enjoying God and having a walk with God that can be enjoyable, I was like, I, I need to bring this to the pot because that is the primary way that I relate to God is I can enjoy God. And when I thought about who can I talk about this with, I was like, I got to bring Mariel on because <laughs> I, I just had to, and I want to talk to Mariel about a variety of topics, but really quick, I see in your walk with God, there is this element that exudes from you as you're not striving per for perfection. There seems to be this element of you can approach God, you can approach God and wrestle with God, you can, you can know God, and there's this element of I can have joy on the journey and I like God is to be enjoyed. And so I want to put that on the table for us to chat about and um, kind of divest from this notion that God is this unapproachable um, holiness uh, craving uh, God that has been preached. And frankly, people are divesting from and walking away from. So that's uh, on the table for today. So any opening thoughts, um, Mariel, as we get into this? Yeah, um, as you were just talking, some people are divesting from it and some people are leaning in a whole lot harder. They so. hard. <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah. Thank you for I bringing think, that up. <laughs> like, in a general sense, like I think if you ask any Christian, any believer, no matter where they are on the spectrum, do you enjoy your relationship with God? Most will say, yeah, I love my Lord. I love my savior. I love my Jesus. They're going to say that, right? But I would challenge it simply because I, some people I'm like, I don't think that you enjoy your relationship with God because I watch the ways in which you show up in the world. Like, I don't, 
there's a uh uh-uh there's no way you are enjoying a relationship with God and you show up in the ways that you do in the world I look at the harm that you cause I look at the things that come from you I look at I look at the trauma how you how you invoke trauma on people like I look at all of that and it it doesn't marry so I have this belief that how you see God is how you will experience God how you see God is also how you will represent God, period. And Same so it is, it is very apparent to me that a lot of people view God as a tyrant because of how they represent God, period. And I watch them every day inflict harm, even on Twitter. And I watch them every day inflict harm even in policy. And I watch them every day inflict harm and how they even present God in these church spaces. And so I think a big part of people learning to enjoy God really stems from how they are seeing God. And to their credit, a lot of that's not their fault because it was the way in which God was presented to them right? It, it was, it was the God that was handed to them. And so they think that this, that the more harm I endure, the more uh, pain I endure, the more, you know, the suffering that I have to endure, then that means that God loves me. That's abuse. That, mm-hmm. that to me is not love. That like, that's abuse. Not saying you're not going to go through hard times, bad times, because you are. <laughs> but if you think that somebody consistently beating on you, hitting on you, telling you you're not good enough, telling you're not worthy. What does that sound like? That sounds like an abusive relationship. We tell women that all the time. These things here list out that if you're in an abusive relationship, right? And so a lot of women don't even realize they're being abused until somebody says, hey, um, you do realize that that behavior (laughs) that you're enduring that's abusive, like that, that, that's harmful. And so a lot of people can't enjoy God because they think the abuse is normal. They think God being abusive to me, that, that, that means that God loves me. God, I mean, no, 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 no. And so I think a big part of where people are just generally, and some people lean in harder to that, right? Cause I think yeah. that's what we think. Yeah, we, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's funny, not funny, haha, funny, tragic to me based on what you're saying. Two things are in my mind based on what you're saying. When I think of my relationship with God, I think of it's it's complex, right? Uh, God is tricky. There's a there's a mystery dimension to God that I'm ever trying to unravel at the core of it, there is enjoyment because I believe that enjoyment is not antithetical to my relationship with the divine, right? I do not think that God has it out for me to not experience pleasure and joy, but many are leaning in that joy is this idol enjoyment is an idol is an idol which is why in some churches they will make this distinction between happiness and joy and that's so weird uh, to me 
God wants me to be happy and he wants me to experience joy. There's no need to, you know, dig and try and make this distinction. Um, But I look at how Jesus approaches praying, praying, and, you know, in John chapter 14, when he's saying in my father's house are many mansions and this intimacy that he's, he's lifting up in John chapter 17 in that high priestly prayer. And there's this intimacy and love and enjoyment that's, that, that he's expressing. I want that, that, that level of intimacy that he's expressing. And he doesn't, seem to mostly be wanting a God that is hateful, right? <laughs> that doesn't seem to be the foundations of why Jesus is praying. There seems to be this love uh, that he is ever wanting to express um, as he is going in healing, as he is going <clears throat> and interacting with his loved ones, um, as he's interacting with the women uh, and his company. And, and so that's the first thing in my mind is I'm thinking about joy, enjoying God, that even when you start talking about it, some of the more um, strict Bible teachers will start to, to get on you about, okay, well, we can't just enjoy life all the time. Why, why is this triggering things in you? Um, and I, I think about a thread, um, recently that uh, Pastor Trey uh, wrote on work. Um, And I can't remember all the thread, but he essentially illuminated that work isn't man's highest calling and working ourselves to the bone. And that's not God's highest calling for us. And man, the amount of scripture teachers no god wants us to work god that that's what god wants us to do all the time and i mean people were livid at the very notion that we could just rest and relax (laughs) it was kind of sickening that just the notion that god would want humanity to be at peace and at rest and not working uh trigger people. So I was thinking that as you yeah. were talking. What's in my cup? What's in my cup? Now's the time of the podcast where I share with you what's in my cup. So what's in my cup? I... <laughs> So it's going to be from an undisclosed place. And since this particular place is a large chain that's not paying me, I'm not going to say where it is. But it's a cold drink. It's a frappuccino drink. Um, It was chocolatey. It was good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was a cold uh, frappuccino drink. That's all you need to know of what's in my cup. For this particular interview. Also, it's worth noting that I ran 13 miles directly before this interview. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what's in my cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird. I don't know. It's it's almost like 
<laughs> it's like freedom. How can I put it? We have a pseudo version of freedom, right? We we have we walk around with this. Imagine the name that frees. So we believe that Jesus frees us. We always say, "Who the Son sets free is free indeed." Imagine using that name to keep people in bondage, and that's what's happening a lot. Like the name that frees us, you're utilizing that, weaponize, that's a better word. You're weaponizing, <laughs> you're weaponizing the name to keep people in bondage. And then when people actually tap into the real freedom, you want to say that it's not freedom and that that's not what God wants for you. God, like, it's almost like, like you're saying, I think we, something in us is triggered I want no, not me, not anymore. <laughs> something, <laughs> something in us is triggered when we say God wants the best for us. God, God wants us to rest. God wants us to be, God wants us to have joy. God wants us to have happiness. What is that? It's that thing. And I and I see it even in the type of leaders we like. Like it's say like, that speaking. It's like. That we need you to be like a dictator we need you to be harmful we need you to be racist <laughs> y'all can't see me but i'm looking at this article. we need you <laughs> we need you to be we need you to be sexist we need you because that's your authority and and when we see especially men and especially white men who are like that we claim them to be godly what is that what is that thing that thing right there we crave that and i don't i don't i don't get it i don't so robert maybe you can help me because i don't know i i literally don't know the answer to that i was just talking with some friends last night actually about this i think there's a seed in our theological formation and our spiritual formation <clears throat> that's based on certainty and we can know all of these elements of god and you know, when we're younger in the faith, there's these things that are sure, you know, and you will know someone is saved by, you know, these check boxes. Is Mariel saved? Yes. If you can check this, this is very simple. It's not, it's nice. It's neat. <laughs> um, there's no mystery to it, right? We like nice and neat boxes in certain uh, spaces, right? Uh, there's, it makes us feel better about ourselves. We can control it. Uh, and uh, we like leaders who can control. Mm. And we like a God who can control because we're not, uh, we feel less, um, we're not wild, we're not spinning. God is in control. These leaders are in control and everyone is telling us what to do and where to go. Right, and from that that seed of formation, yeah. our theology grows yeah. out of that that root, and therefore, missiological uh, expeditions go off, and then we uh, dominate uh, people groups out of that. Right, and so what happens when I go to Mario's neighborhood? I have no idea what they've been. Y'all need to come and be like me. Ooh. well are they bad no i don't care mariel you need to get saved like me 
your mom, she needs to be like me. Okay, well, what if she was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Pray this prayer like me and then come be like me. Okay, this feels weird. <laughs> it doesn't matter because I'm dominating. <laughs> Boom, and I squash the individuality out of your neighborhood. Yes. right and then when we're done and now i've made little roberts <laughs> then i take them and we go overseas now and now what are we going to make we're going to make more little roberts <laughs> in the form of god that we see but then there are roberts um <laughs> and what and so that is comforting in a way right because we understand the assignment yeah. it's not ambiguous it's not enjoyable really, but in a way it's, it's safe, right? Oh. And that, so it's, we don't classify that as abusive. That's just safe, nice. It's something you can see. I don't want, when I go to this tribe down the way, I don't wanna see how are they intuiting the divine. I know they need to look like Robert. <laughs> um, and so that bad theology you use the word abusive earlier i would say manipulative i would say certain theology of what we know about god quote unquote means there's no enjoyment there right it's just we're replicating man-made principles and wisdom is what i would say and we like leaders that are abusive that's so good <laughs> <laughs> that's so good because when you said something it, it, it when you're saying that it just kind of sparked something so for whatever the reason i kind of this week have been sitting with the the tension of the relationship between jesus and the pharisees and um yeah i thought about it and i was like so the pharisees probably were men who had spent their whole lives studying the law they knew they knew you know scripture they knew all of this and the problem with them is not any of that, not that they were very well versed in the law, not that they were very well versed in scripture, none of those things. To Where the problem came in is that they got arrogant enough that they thought that they had figured out how God moves, that they wound up missing a move of God because they thought they had figured it out. And here Jesus comes not looking like they expect, not coming out of the place they expect, not doing any of that. And it looks totally different. And I feel like that's where many of us are. We can't enjoy God because we have this expectation or we have this, because it's easy. It's like, I don't, if I can make God this thing, I don't have to think, I don't, I, I it's some control to this, but oh, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I can't have a true enjoyable relationship with God until I take the limits off God. Until I stop thinking that God has to move this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And I'm so arrogant in my thinking to think that I have figured out how God moves when the reality is I wind up missing God move because I'm thinking, my dad says this, he says, God never moves in a straight line. And that's so powerful to me. The, the pressure that takes off of me to God, whatever my prayer literally for this season and the rest of my life is God, don't ever let me think that I have figured out how you move, that I wind up missing you move. Use whatever you need to use, whomever, whatever, however it needs to be packaged. And honestly, because I've leaned into that and I've taken the limits off, 
my relationship with God has gotten so much better. Like it's, I can breathe because, and it is scary. I will say that it is scary because you don't know. It's like, okay, I'm thinking he gonna, God gonna move that way. And God just, wait, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Like, it's like, I need to get Jesus on the main line. What is happening that like, hello? (laughs) And and isn't it, speaking of taking the limits off God, isn't it, I don't know what you would say, but as a younger man, as a younger Christian, there were these spaces that I thought I could find God or these uh, ways that I was taught that I could encounter God. And it, it mostly was the spiritual disciplines of reading the Bible, fasting, praying, and and worship, right? And those are uh, still the ways that I find God, not fasting as much as I get older. <laughs> That's just real tea. But, uh, but read it. Get too low. I yeah, <laughs> y'all do not want to see me fasting. Ooh, <laughs> I'll be down your block. But <laughs> reading the Bible, um, <laughs> worshiping, um, and praying, I still encounter God though in those ways regularly, right? But I don't know about you, but I as I have taken the limits off of God, I have found all these beautiful ways to encounter God, whether it is on a run or a walk in my neighborhood, in nature. And what's funny is in quote unquote secular music, which I was deathly afraid of as a young believer, like I I thought if <laughs> I would burst into flames and go to hell if I <laughs> if I listened to a secular or <laughs> secular song, but it's funny all of these different things that I was afraid of the slippery slope that would lead my soul to hell has actually not done that. I have grown closer and closer to my Lord. The older I get in the, my relationship with God has gotten sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, as the, the song says. And I haven't found that I've become distant from God. I actually feel closer to God than I ever have. What do you think? Same. Okay. Exclamation point on that. Um, I think it is. So I've, I've been diving through the audio version of um, In My Grandmother's House by Dr. Yolanda Pierce. And that book. That book. Like I was driving and so I'm listening. So she is narrating her book. And she gets to the part where she's talking about growing up, she's heard that uh the, the saints tell her holiness is right. And I literally felt my spirit leap as she started talking about because she's evolved what is holy to her now and it's like listen for me like conversations like this are holy for me like you know what i'm saying like everything has changed be of what i deem as holy what i consider to be sacred um the other night i was coming home from work and i pulled in my subdivision and i look up and the way the sky was it was like i was like oh my gosh i pulled over and I just sat there and I was like, Lord, thank you for this 
sacred moment. Like this was just, I needed that. It was like literally looking into the sky and I could feel God saying, when you get rest, <laughs> like take, take a break. Just from me looking at the sky and just from me pulling over and having that moment. And I think that that's, to me, that's, oh my gosh, it is the most freeing thing when, yes, when I'm near water, I feel like that's holy. Like when, when I am in community and I'm laughing and having joy and happiness with my friends and we're talking, that's holy to me. Um, I recently started a TikTok series called For the Progressive Worship Leader. And basically it's about- I love leading. that series, by the way. <laughs> and yeah, it's about leading in the age of deconstruction and how we're presenting God as worship leaders now. Um, and here's the reality. A lot of our worship music hasn't caught up to deconstruction. So you may have to, I, my, my advice was you may have to be a little creative. You shouldn't just stop at gospel and CCM music, right? Because they're gonna be other things that can speak to you. Um, for me recently, um, when I listen to Jill Scott's Golden and I'm listening to what she's saying, that thing hits my spirit. And I'm like, yes, like it ministers to me because I can live my life like it's golden because I'm taking control over my freedom. And that that resonates with me. Or if I, I've actually done this in the worship moment. I sung um, Alicia Keys' Brand New Me. And she's talking about, I'm not that old person anymore. Like I found my voice. I found who I am, that ministers to me. So I can see God in that, you know what I'm saying? So expanding, taking them limits off and now changing what you see as holy, what you see as sacred. I promise you that thing is life-changing. It's life-changing. There's this, the, oh, I, yeah. the freedom you feel in your body. <laughs> yeah, in your body, it's, it's it, I think, for whatever reason, you know, I was discipled in a certain way as a young, as a younger man. And for the most part, I had leaders who were trying to steer me in a certain way. And I think their intentions were good for the most part, for the most part. Uh, and they, they were giving what they knew and they were giving survival tactics that they knew and they were giving, what their concept was of God in the way to keep a young man pure. <clears throat> but I will say what they transmitted to me in the midst of trying to disciple me was a notion of God that I should be afraid of. And <clears throat> there's only so long a young man can be afraid of God before that young man will grow up to no longer be afraid, but eventually that young man will grow up to be a tyrant. And I think as we look around the church these days, the fruit of discipleship that is based upon a fearful God, man, woman, or non-binary, we can see the fruit of discipleship that is based in fear. It's not looking good, folks because the fear runs out, the adrenaline runs out, the cortisol runs out, and eventually people will say, let us reason together. Is this the God that I need? Is this the God that I want? And eventually uh, many people will say, I don't have need of that God. And what is tragic to me is for many of those people, it's not that they don't need God. It's the one that was transmitted to them and the gospel message that was transmitted to them was deficient. 
what I needed to know was I could, I don't need to be afraid of Jill Scott's golden because the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me. And I was so afraid of Jill Scott that, yo, the spirit of God is living. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Jill Scott. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid of music, soul child. I can encounter God in these spaces and I can read my Bible every day. I used to think if I hear R&B music, it will just snatch my soul away <laughs> into the eternal flames. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how could, <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing at it now, but I get it. I mean, I truly understand it. it I'm making the, the joke tongue in cheek because I get it. There was a holiness movement that was trying to keep young people, young black people, young people of all denominations and shades on the path to pursuing God. But as I've gotten older, seeing God out in the world and still knowing it's not making me want to listen the way Robert Massa goes to bed at eight o'clock, eight 30. I don't want to sin. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to be out here in the club. <laughs> you will not catch me. <laughs> I needed people to tell, tell me that you don't have to be a quote unquote afraid of the world. Imago Day is out here and there's common grace out here and there's a God to be known and discovered all out here and you can see God and the, the, the rays of light as you were talking about both in the natural and in the spiritual all around, how enjoyable is that? Like, I think if we taught our children and our teenagers and our young people that there wouldn't be as big of a need for deconstruction later in life. Um, but that's my hypothesis. So, and, and I agree with you. I think that there was a, a fraction of church where that's what they had. So that's what they gave. Um, I think that there is another side, though, of folks who they were intentionally given that type of theology to control them. Um, it right. really had nothing to do with God. It literally had everything to do with control. So that's why You're we right. tell you, you can't wear pants. You can't wear makeup. You can't You're go right. to like you know so it, it lends itself and to me legalism that's pretty much what it is it's rule keeping theology always sets you up for failure because you're not going to be able to keep you can't keep up i just i was at one point i was like you know what i'm gonna just saying because i don't even i can't i can't do that <laughs> i don't even mm -mm, no no that's no i'm gonna just i'm gonna go over here um and so I think for a lot of people, especially who are dealing with religious trauma, that's what, and here's the funny part, like a lot of our, a lot of church communities, not all, so I want to be very clear, the way some church communities are set up is cultish. And so when people Excellent. remove themselves from that, they're lost. They don't know what to do, where to go, because for so long they've had people telling them, sit up, sit down turn around, wear this, go there, right? And you've had somebody guiding your life <laughs> pretty much most of your life or however long you were with them. And now you come out into the world and it's like the place that you were told, if you go into this space, 
right? You going straight to hell. <laughs> so now trying to grapple with, okay, this was a lie the whole time, or this version of this was not correct. It was harmful. And now I'm just kind of out here, right? And so there, there is, I think for some people, yes, deconstruction is helping them to hold on to what's true right? They, they're kind of removing the fat away. <laughs> it's like, that's not good. But for some people, deconstruction, it, they just demolishing the whole thing just because every part of what they were a part of was just so toxic and so controlling. And I feel like that's where a lot of people, so some people are in the place of God is foreign to them. That type of God that we're speaking of, that the free, it's foreign. They're, they're, they struggle because they, they can't possibly imagine. And again, you've been in a community that's told you every little thing that you need to do. So now you're here and they're lost. And that's why I say a big part for me with deconstruction is you can't just leave people with the ashes. There has to be something recreated and reimagined and redefined and, and how we represent God um, to really kind of help people through that because sometimes we, we leave people there and it's like, there's nothing left. I've burned everything down to the ground. So what else, what else do I, <laughs> I have? So that, that's another angle to that, that some of the theology people were given was to control them, not even yeah. intentionally, like not even like haphazardly, but intentionally. So Maya Angelou said, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive, and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.